Thinking about your next professional development opportunity? An executive MBA at the Montfort University's Leicester Castle Business School may be it. This two-year course focuses on traditional business functions like strategy, leadership, and finance, as well as contemporary sources of competitive advantage, including social mission and sustainability. Our executive MBA program is an excellent means of accelerating your management aspirations, signaling your readiness to lead at a higher level, and future-proofing your organization. To find out more, follow the link in this podcast description or visit nsirc.com forward slash EMBA. Hello and welcome to this episode from the TWI Innovation Network podcast series on digitalization and advanced manufacturing. In this episode, Chem is joined by Phil Carr, Director of Cars Welding, and John Silver, Technical and Quality Manager. Together, they discuss the complications involved in laser welding, are there any potential avenues for AI, and will the future, involving technologies like cobotting, see an end to the hands-on expertise involved in laser welding? All that and more is to come. We hope you enjoy the show. So I'm I'm very pleased to be here today for the second chapter of the series that we had uh, on uh, digitalization for advanced manufacturing. And uh, this is part of the twin uh, TWI Innovation Network podcast series. Um, And uh, we thought uh, we could talk about advanced manufacturing and the second uh, chapter was stepping us into the world of um, powders and lasers and devices. Um, So we thought obviously um, uh, welding materials, uh, casting materials, um, these are processes that we are very used to, but um, Sometimes one wonders, are there any foundries or welding shops out there we, uh, we, we, we would remember? Um, so, um, uh, Phil, on that base, I'd like to welcome you to this uh, series. Um, uh, our, our guest is Cars Welding, Phil Carr and, and John, also from Cars Welding, um, in this session. And um, uh, welcome on board. Thank you so um, much, Jim. Thanks yeah. for the opportunity. Um, cars welding, for those people listening, are, are, have been um, affiliated with the TWI Innovation Network for some time now, and they are also part of the technology acceleration program. So it would be very interest, interesting to have their views on how things are changing nowadays in the advanced manufacturing. Um, so, Phil, um, I was going to say, you know, it would be good to capture a little bit the influence of lasers, uh, you know, um, when we talk, when, when, when someone talks about advanced manufacturing um, to someone, it's often, you know, people think of lasers and lots of sparks on a material, Ooh. you know, um, and they think that's it. That, that, is the, that is the future of manufacturing. But, uh, you know, we all know that, you know, laser welding and lasers have been around for quite some time. So it'd be good to a little bit have from uh, a few words from you on, on perhaps the on the origins of um, cars welding and a bit of an introduction for anyone that actually is not familiar with it. Yeah, well, thank you, Jim, for the opportunity to to give you this little bit of an update. Yeah, cars welding technologies, we've been in Kettering since the early 90s. And um, basically, we set up as a repair shop. Um, I was made redundant for my company back in 1991. And I set up on my own. And um, basically, we, we repaired tooling 
Um, the country, you know, the UK is, is just a mass of different industries. Um, and one of them, the tooling industry, where you're molding, uh, so it could be metal pressing tooling, or it could be plastic molding tooling, it could be vacuum forming, is just a myriad of different tools and machines and fixtures for making, you know, Kettering is really well known for um, shoe, the shoe trade. Um, you know, it, it employed thousands of people in the past, but it's, it's reducing down to just a few specialist makers now. But the tooling that we see, the metal tooling that, that is around the Midlands is just staggering. And there's an industry um, in repairing it. And that's what we did. And, and did it quite successfully. And so we found ways of repairing, adding metal. And, and of course, laser welding was the perfect way of doing it. Um, so in 1998, we set up our first laser welder on, uh, on Telford Way in Kettering. And it, it worked, you know, it's fantastic. It was only a little 30 watt uh, laser, which is quite bizarre now because we, we all got 200 watt things, the smallest ones we have now. But, you know, cows welding, and then bought another, then we bought a 60, then a 90, then eventually we got into the sort of 200 watts and we realized we could really put some metal down. And basically we were cladding, um, is the modern term, metal onto the surface of a tool or anything that's worn out. So it doesn't have to be a tool. But So basically we've been doing that for, well, nearly 30 years now. And uh, it's, a, it's a, something that everybody needs. Um, and particularly during the pandemic of this current crisis, there's a lot of food packaging, um, a lot of medical requirements. And I'm very pleased to say that, A, we've, we've continued working throughout the whole of the, the lockdown uh, and the current lockdown, um, thankfully, because um, our customers need us to just carry on maintaining their tooling so that they can keep Keep the, keep the show going. And so um, I know this doesn't really talk about the digitalization, Chen, but digitalization really comes into it when we're talking about production work. Yeah. And yeah. If there are two strings to the bow of the car's welding bow, it's the fact we do do quite a few um, laser welding um, jobs for people, like contract laser welding, where people supply us the parts. Uh, the component parts. It's always metal, so we don't do any other plastic. We don't do any form of plastic welding. It's all metal welding. So, but it could be steel, it could be aluminium, it could be copper, it can be titanium, it can be in a, a myriad of different applications. And um, so, John will be the first one to confirm we have a very interesting life because there's always someone yeah. coming in with a different application. A new prototype for um, I don't know, a missile detector or a new detector or sensor that goes on a plane or a tank or a car. And of course, there's a lot, a huge amount going on at the moment with electrification of um, and the e-mobility with um, the electrification of the, the, the automotive sector. So in exciting times, worrying times, but also exciting because there's so much change going on. So I hope it's a bit of an intro to what we do at Cars. Um, we're only small, but you know we're perfectly formed. I'd like to say. Yeah, I mean, it's very impressive. Uh, such a specialist outfit and uh, constantly busy, and also seems like you're at the cutting edge of many applications. So I think uh, that puts you in a very attractive position. 
uh, especially nowadays. Um, so uh, you mentioned uh, some um, uh, work to do with electrification there. So I think to do with batteries in, in, in your case. So um, I think, Phil, you, you mentioned some challenging uh, story, I think, to do with the complication of um, doing laser welding uh, when it comes down to a very, uh, um, you know, uh, small um, resistances that you encounter. Um, so is this, uh, so how, how do you, can, can you a little bit elaborate on that? I think that was a fascinating story, which it required especially, uh, you know, particular skills to resolve it, basically. Yeah, well, we've, we get involved in lots of projects, Chem, and, um, you know, you, we mentioned about robotics. It's, you know, we, we've got robots, but we really, the, um, you know, robots aren't really accurate enough for what we were trying to do. Um, we like the idea of a Cartesian machine. If you're going to be digitalized anything, um, we want a precision that's um, really precise in 3D space. But no, I think the job we were talking about, Jim, when we, um, when we had a bit of a chat before this recording, was about a job we were doing on some cell welding. Now, in every battery uh, or electric car, there's um, normally cells are put together into sort of smaller handleable size, um, but say 20 or 50 or even 100, depending on the cell, into, into a, like a module. And, and basically what you're doing, you're connecting all the batteries together with a very low impedance connection. Now, we're all familiar with putting batteries in torches and toys or in things that would obviously run and then have to change it. But that, that isn't the, the most efficient way of connecting batteries together, especially when there's hundreds or sometimes thousands of cells involved. Now, if you've got, say you've got a hundred cells in a module, where you've got 200 wells. So the 200 wells then have to be linked to a bus bar system, which then have to be linked to the next module. And then in some certain applications, as an electric car, for example, there will be possibly a, a dozen modules or seven, eight, 10, 20, maybe. So the connections, all, all those impedances put together have got to be as low as possible. And, um, and you know, that's why we use welding. Laser welding allows you to connect the cell together, whether they're aluminium or sometimes steel or, or copper, more and more copper welding nowadays. And you've just got to do the, the lowest impedance you possibly can. And, and a laser welding allows you to do a full weld, um, not, a, not a, like a, a braze where you've got a, a very resistive, um, like, a, like a filler wire that allows you to do a weld, but it makes it a very high impedance. A, a metal to metal, aluminium to, to aluminium or copper to copper, Weld gives you the low impedance that everybody's chasing. So that's what we're after. And what we're good at is doing the, the R&D and the prototyping of um, the battery, battery technology for our customers. So that's where it's going. So in all this, uh, you know, you mentioned hundreds of welds and, and uh, you know, almost uh, uh, micro level um, a, resistances in a, in a structure etc so what is the view on feedback um, mechanisms you know can one feedback data and if if it was possible and improve and tweak the process for 
eliminating any inconsistencies or do you think there is some um, special actual uh, manual skill required in, in achieving these um, results? Well, yeah, I do. But I think John, John, um, John Silver, who works for me, he'll be probably better to answer that question, Chen. Um, yeah, thank you, Phil. Um, there, there is always room for, um, for data collection and data reading um, in this kind of, uh, of application that Phil is mentioning. Um, we call it pulse welding. Um, that, that's the technology we've used for, uh, for the, to, do, to weld the batteries because uh, it allows us to keep the, the temperature of the cells below the, the threshold, which is, uh, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken, 90 degrees. Um, so that's the technology we use. So basically we're pulsing. Uh, we're, the laser is on, off, on, off, on, off constantly until the, the weld is fully done. Um, that I, I would say that digitalization for that type of weld is harder um, because it, it, the, the, the pulse duration is very small. Uh, we're talking about pulses that could be uh, between four milliseconds to five and a half, I would say, on a normal job. Um, if we were talking about continuous uh, welds, uh, which require the, the, the more powerful lasers, um, those lasers don't have any human interaction other than programming the settings and welding. Uh, and I think that type of technology would benefit greatly from, from, uh, from this type of uh, data collection and uh, possibly machine learning. Uh, so if you imagine uh, those welds can last for seconds. So if something happens during the weld at the moment, we have to wait till the weld is finished to be able to solve the, the issue. Uh, what, the ha what happens is that part is, is in the end damaged. Um, if we could have a closed loop uh, of, uh, of, of a sensor reading the data and feeding back to the laser saying, well, uh, increase the speed, the welding speed, or decrease the laser power um, in order to, uh, to solve problems like uh, uh, beam, laser beam instability, that would be amazing. Yeah. And 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 do you are you aware of any um, any development work in that in, in that respect, or is it something that you would like to explore uh, through a program, if it was to um, to be able to achieve that? Well, most uh, laser manufacturers have already sensors that uh, read the status of the welds, so they they end up reading the the weld depth, um, they they read the the size of the keyholes. Um, but I haven't heard of, uh, of uh, any closed loop uh, in place that would allow the laser to change its settings uh, while the welding is progressing. So, uh, John, you know, um, we touched on a bit artificial intelligence here. So uh, do, do you think, you know, obviously I understand, you know, when if you have a, a very good laser machine, you're capable of achieving many things. But so the, do you think there is uh, uh, there's an area where AI can help here? Or you mentioned you have some robots, but you would prefer them to do certain things in a different way, uh, you know, Cartesian, uh, um, uh, you know, robots, etc. So uh, how do you think this robotics and AI can make uh, the, the process or operation more uh, controlled for you? 
um, uh, more than it is now. Do you, do you have any views on that? Well, the immediate uh, use for, uh, for AI, uh, I would say uh, weld inspection. So after the weld is done, having a, a robot with a powerful camera uh, inspecting the welds, uh, that, would, that would save considerable time. Uh, and there's so much a human being can do uh, looking at the weld, doing a visual inspection. So by using a, a powerful camera, uh, that would be a massive improvement. Um, in terms of AI for the welding, um, it is possible, uh, for, for instance, uh, we have a database, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 years old of settings we've used for uh, different uh, materials and, uh, and uh, well, different welds. And if you think about, about it, that could be the beginning of uh, a supervised machine learning uh, program mm -hmm. right there. Yeah, based on your historic data, um, yeah. making it a bit more intelligent in that sense uh, and automated for you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you know, all being automated, working with AI and maybe uh, large amounts of data. Um, what 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 will be the the position of uh, welding shops or foundries out there? You think it's. Um, you think you have the tools in place to be able to transform your operation or is it a little bit uh, looking into the future um, as we stand? You know, it's a good question, Chen, because when you, in, you asked us to take part in this um, interview, you said, um, you know, is there a future in what you're doing? Because, um, you know, what we're listening to with advanced, not just advanced manufacturing, but, um, you know, AM making parts from lots of layers of, of powder, laser welded powder. You think surely it's the obvious way, and when they when AM really gets going, then there will be no need for people like cars welding to when it comes to um, welding little plates or machine parts or components or even die cast parts together. But um, you know, when I thought of that, I thought yes, we we cars welding can adapt to the technology as as it comes in, but there's certain things. Um, particularly the metallurgy of a weld that you can't get around. For example, if you're trying to make a component out of aluminium and you, um, you, know, you, you, you design it on the computer and then you put it down on with your metal powder, aluminium welding, laser welding, or any form of welding makes a soft weld. And, and it's very hard to get a really pure you know, metallic um, component which is which is as strong as a billet which is being machined and then either laser welded or even brazed or bonded to something so there'll be yeah, i think um at the moment i see the, the digitalization of manufacturing is just being a, yet an, another tool in the toolbox mm -hmm. as indeed laser welding is it's certain things is absolutely crying out you know it's, it's just got our name written all over it you know if you're trying to repair a small part of a, a worn surface on a component you know what it's made of and you match it to something that you can get a wire with you know it's got laser welding is the tool in the toolbox for that and there'll be certain components like in certainly some titanium components which are really hard to get you know, if they're really thin, really small, and you want to reduce the heat input into something, otherwise it's just going to distort. 
Laser welding is really good at minimal heat, but getting a full, fully fused weld. So this is not a braised joint. Um, in some materials like titanium 6.4, for example, you get a really hard weld. And of course, you can, you can weld thicknesses down to I don't know, 0.1. I mean, it's hard, but it's possible. And of course, if you make something so small, so thin, it will distort all over the place if you use any other process. So now I think uh, there's still some future in cars welding. <laughs> and indeed, That's very good to hear. Very good to hear. <laughs> very good to hear. I, uh, we're really pleased to inform you that we've just ordered yeah. our first um, wobble welder, as the IPG guys call it. And um, we'll be very much looking forward to introducing the new technology of um, wobbling the world or... I'm not sure. I'm, I'm very happy with that Americanization of the term, but um, oscillating laser welding. Yeah. Oscillating welding. Oscillating laser welding. Laser. <laughs> wow. So you are actually expanding your capacity, um, you know, in a rather difficult time for industry at the moment. That's very positive to hear, yeah. and almost uh, for many people, I think, unbelievable. Um, so my understanding, Phil, is that you know you, there's specialisms here. There's a hands-on knowledge acquired over time, over 20, 30 years. Um, and there are robots around. So, um, you know, it's almost a, a, a almost an art, uh, you know, a, a skill, special skill developed over time. So do you think, I mean, with all these advances happening in robotics, et cetera, can, can one mechanize all this, you know? Could, could, could there be a scenario where there's hardly any, you know, robots working together? They call it cobots, collaborative robots. So mm -hmm. could, could one take the whole... Um, uh, human element out of this, you think, or is it uh, too much uh, an imaginary scenario? Well, Jim, I've known some welders in my time, and uh, and I, I don't like the word black art because there's a skill, and cars have a, a nice word for it. We have a what we call skill production um, jobs, where basically we need to add an element of skill to the not just to the job, but to the job that we've got in front of us. So that's not just the job that's on a screen on some fancy um, CAD package, you know, your CAD station where you've got everything, you can turn it all around and it all fits beautifully. What we're talking about is when the parts are made and they turn up and they say, right, what I want, Phil, is a, I want a prototype of this. And we take the parts and they've all got tolerances on them, Chen. Yeah. So it's plus and minus 0.2, plus and minus 0.1, plus and minus this, plus and minus that. And then you put all those tolerances together and then you try and make it fit. <laughs> it doesn't always work, I promise you. And I, I, to answer your question, I would never be the first one to say that. I'll never say never. <laughs> uh, but I can't see. Because when you're building something, and it's not just the prototype, even when you go into production, there's always tolerances, but there's also a drive to get things cheap. You know, they want, we all want to buy our dishwasher or our toaster or our car or our planes or whatever. They want to, we want them as affordable. Yeah. And, and of course, if you can relax the tolerances, you make the components cheaper, but actually you give a nightmare to the guy all sticking it all together. So this is where the clever bit comes in. And I think if there's, there is a, is there an avenue for AI or artificial intelligence to come in to control the process, it will be to look at those, what I call those variations in production. So it's not just the physical tolerances, 
But when you take a batch of, say, um, aluminium, the, the, the oxide layer varies. You know, it's not always just the surface. Um, it could be deeper, it could be, and if you put them together and, it, and things vary as you go along. And as they vary, what I would call the skill of the operator, our welders at cars, that we can see what's happening to the world because you look at the world uh, and you can see what's happening as you're doing it. And I think, as John mentioned, when you're doing continuous wave or you're doing a job where you're, you've got a, you know, CNC program working on a job, then you're going to need to react almost too quickly during the process of that one component. I think then that would be a really good process, a good idea to have some sort of a closed loop control to alter the, but it, within limits. So yeah, AI, yes, but we've got to program it. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it looks like, you know, the skills are still absolutely essential and one cannot take it out of the equation totally. And, and it's, it's good to identify areas where it can help, especially as I understand when things are production uh, level, but um, the skills seem to be uh, quite essential in, in the whole, even embracing the new uh, products or technologies. Mm -hmm. So, um, that, that's amazing. So, Carl, uh, Phil, I think you, you, you a little bit mentioned this, you know, obviously you work uh, based on your uh, abilities. You've done parts for aerospace, parts for road transport, parts for, uh, John, I think, mentioned medical. Um, so, as a specialist outfit, um, where do you, which sector do you see perhaps is, uh, you know, most promising at the moment? And, uh, it would be nice to know also your views on the cross sector. You know, do you see any, do you see any um, uh, room for maneuver for cross sector collaboration? There is a beneficial. Would it help? And and how how it can actually help one sector recover while the other is prospering as well? That would be very interesting to know. Well, just to just to be brief though, Jim, um, to answer your question about um, what you see the future, not just of, the, of this. Um, of our industry, but I see a future in in the, the sort of de deglobalization of the world's industry. You know, the fact that when we're putting cars together up at Derby on a Toyota, a lot of the clever parts come all the way from Japan. I can, I see, um, particularly I see that um, in Europe where we've got the skills to make components and we can make things as cheap as someone else can make it on the other side of the world and then ship it. You know, we don't need to, to bring stuff in from the other side of the world. But I also see a future in, in medical. I see a future in obviously the electrics on the battery cells. Um, the, the real challenge with battery cells isn't just the technology, it's all those different components coming together, it's the insulation, it's the electrolyte, it's the electrode, it's the different materials, the different metals of the bus bar system, all those different components coming together, all with their different expansion rates and the, all the different characteristics, all those materials. That is a hell of a task to put together on a screen, you know, on a CAD system, and then to put it out as a product, into, actually into a product, into a prototype. So I see, Huge opportunities in the UK and in Europe for um, um, prototyping and electrification and 
Yeah, well, we'd be interested to see what happens in the aerospace industry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we are all on Zoom and uh, we're not driving about. No one is flying. Yeah, 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 I understand. Um, but, uh, but just to ask you a question on the collaboration. Um, yes, we've, we've, we're part of um, corporate collaboration. We've done the Ultramat project, um, which started three, four years ago. Yes, that's an innovation project with, um, uh, it was a UK project. Uh, yeah. I remember the origins of it and, um, with the Renault Innovation Centre, wasn't it? It was, uh, I think we had, a, that was our first time we met, I think, uh, Jen, was when we were talking about that and, um, and uh, very happy to have been involved in that project. But we're applying yeah, for, we're, we're talking about a new project where um, feedback and some sort of simple control of online of welding, online in production welding is being done by some sort of AA system. It's all at the R&D stage. Yeah. But what is today's R&D will be tomorrow's, um, you know, it'll be every day, won't it? And uh, so we're looking forward to the future, Chairman. I'm, I think um, we've got a very interesting future, what with Brexit and the pandemics and all the things that are going on. Then, um, but there's always opportunities and uh, we're going to grab them. That's very positive to hear, Phil. And um, uh, thank you. Thank you really for the time. Um, I really appreciate it. I think it's, um, it's a great occasion to have the views, uh, uh, you know, from a specialist uh, company like yours. And um, hopefully, um, you know, more innovation projects will pave the way for uh, some new products and avenues for you. Um, thank you, John, as well, for your insight into in, in this morning's conversation. Um, so uh, I would like to um, uh, thank you once again and conclude our chats. Um, uh, again, for those that are listening, uh, Cars Welding, any information you can uh, find on TWI Innovation Network. And um, Cars Welding is based in Kettering. So um, uh, I think you will hear the name more often as... Um, as new projects and uh, innovations taking place. Thanks very much. All the best, Jim. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And with that, we've come to the end of the episode. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. And in particular, thank you to Phil and John from Cars Welding for your expertise and your time. For more information on Cars Welding or the TWI Innovation Network, you can find a link to their sites in this podcast description. And please feel free to get in touch either via your podcast provider or on our social media pages for the TWI Innovation Network, because we'd love to have your feedback on what you thought of this episode or the series so far. It's really great to hear any, uh, any thoughts or comments you have because it helps us make the series stronger and more relevant episodes in the future. With that, thank you very much again for listening and goodbye.